The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzy. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the part of Honda and rock and roll. The spell you're under. We'll be rocking with Chris Jericho. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Somebody's going to get their wig split. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Somebody's going to get their wig split. Pick him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck. Neck. And it's Friday! It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Happy July 4th to all my listeners in the United States. Happy Canada Day to all my listeners in Canada. That was just a couple days ago as well. Gordy Canuck will be here today to talk all things Canada. And also, Judas Priest's Rob Halford, the metal god, is coming up. Priest's new album, Redeemer of Souls, comes out next Tuesday, July 8th. It's Classic Priest. And the first record they've ever recorded without original guitar player K.K. Downing. He retired a couple years back. And now they've got Richie Faulkner in the band and a great, great replacement he's been. You'll hear all about the circumstances that led to KK's departure and Richie's uh, induction. Plus, we'll get into Priest touring plans this year. October in the States with my boys in Steel Panther, who will be on this podcast up and coming very, very soon as well. We'll ask Rob all about that. Lots to talk about with Rob Halford. Talk is Jericho. Don't forget the special YouTube episode with Daniel House. Uh, you got to go find this episode on YouTube. Just look up uh, YouTube Podcast One Sports and find out the inspirational, heartwarming, heartbreaking tale of Daniel House. Uh, Daniel, my buddy, Jericho-holic, Fozzie fanatic, has stage four bowel cancer. He was diagnosed last September and given just weeks or maybe months to live, but he's defying the odds and still here, still alive and kicking. He's got an incredible story and an amazing attitude, very brave, uh, very inspiring, living his life. Last days to the fullest, living with his boots on. 
He and his story are very inspirational. You got to check it out for yourself. Google YouTube Podcast One Sports, and you will find that episode. You won't forget it. You won't regret it. Uh, it'll make you live and realize that every day is precious. Again, only on YouTube. Easiest way to find it is Google YouTube Podcast O N E Sports. Go check that out and hear and support my buddy Daniel, uh, living in Tasmania. He's going to come see uh, the WWE show in Melbourne, I think, which I am on. I'm on the Australian tour. I just came back to the WWE on Monday. Very excited about that. Very excited about all the stuff that's coming up. The new Fozzie record, July 22nd. Um, playing at the Whiskey A Go-Go, July 24th. And doing a lot of WWE shows. Not all of them. I had a lot of previous commitments, but I'm doing... Uh, some live events, a lot of TVs, a lot of pay-per-views. So keep your eyes open. I'll let you know exactly where I'm going to be each and every week. Actually, um, on Sunday, I'm going to be in Toronto. Monday, I'll be in Montreal. Tuesday, I'll be in Ottawa. So those are the WWE shows I have coming up for now. So come check me out there if you are so inclined. And i got to say thanks to you guys for listening. And thanks for checking out my sponsors. You can find them all in one place. Just go to podcast1.com. Com, uh, and you can find um, that's podcastone.com, of course, not the number one, the word one. And click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page that will take you to Talk is Jericho and links to all my sponsors, including Amazon. All the Amazon links are there Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and everybody's going Amazon, Amazon USA. That is so flat. I love it, man. It's just completely out of tune, but it just makes me laugh, so I continue to do so. And again, please go to podcast1.com. Click on the Keeper Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho and find all my great sponsors. Okay, like we said, today, very patriotic day. It's July 4th. Uh, a big day, Independence Day uh, in the United States. But Canada also has their uh, Independence Day, which is on July 1st, which was uh, last Tuesday. Because I had just come back to the WWE, I wanted to tell you guys that story. So I kept my guests to put them on hold. I got Gordy Canuck here to talk about all things Canadian, one of my favorite Canadians uh, in the world. Gordy, how you doing? How's it going, eh? Ah, good to see you, eh? I'm just uh, hanging out over here, ain't uh, Having a couple of beers, all right? I got a 2 4 because it's Canada Day, which kind of makes it a Canada week, eh? So I'm just going to come and uh, hang out and party down for a while, you know what I'm saying, eh? You're going to shut down some beers. Woo! That's kind of what you do on Canada Day. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Gordy. And, um,. You know, Canada, kind of the, the the forgotten neighbor to the north, still a very proud country, very uh, exciting country, and also a very successful country. A lot of famous Canadians uh, have done a lot of things uh, around the world. Uh, let's go through a few of them. Who do you think the most famous Canadian of all is, Gordy? Oh, are you crazy? It's obvious it's Gretzky, eh? No one can ever forget number 99. He used to shoot up the ice and score all them goals from the pocket. He, uh, he can play with his eyes closed, eh? And he got them cups. He got uh, four, four of them Stanley Cups. And have you seen his daughter? Oh, wow. She's a hot one, eh? She gives me a stonker uh, every time I see her. Paulina, her name is. I uh, got a stonker from her all the time, eh? Stonker? Uh, what exactly is a stonker, Gordy? A boner. It's a boner. You, you, a stonker. It uh, gives you a tent pole, you know? And Paulina Gretzky gives me a stonker. Okay, uh, Paulina Gretzky gives you a stalker. All right, so what's your favorite um, Canadian animal, Gordy? Well, it's got to be, uh, I like the loons, eh? That, uh, they even got them on the, on, the, on, the, on the coins. They're called a loony. What's a loony? A loony is a coin, a $1 coin. 
Not to be confused with a toonie, eh? What's a toonie? A toonie's a $2 coin, eh? That's a loony, and then there's a toonie. Okay, um... Well, we'll tell. Let me ask you a couple other questions, then, Gordy. What, what, what is homo milk? Is that like some kind of uh, uh, gay liquid? Homo milk? No, come on, man. It's a homogenized whole milk. The three percent milk. Hey, you got your you got your whole milk. You got your skim milk. You got your homo milk. And get your mind out of the gutter. Eh? That's the, the homo milk. Hey. Okay. Uh, what's a double double? Well, double-double, you take the homo milk, you put it in your coffee. It's, uh, when you order a coffee, you got two creams and two sugars, it's a double-double. I mean, your, your knowledge of Canadian is brutal, eh? You, you need to get better there. Well, I, I'm working on it, uh, Gordy. I, I just uh, I spilled s- some, some coffee here, actually. Not, not a double-double, but I'm just cleaning up with a napkin. Napkin? What do you mean? Well, well, what's a napkin? Well, you know, the piece of paper that you wipe stuff up with? No, it's a serviette, eh? A serviette? Yeah, a serviette. It's a serviette. Okay. Um, I've never heard that term of a of a serviette before. Then besides, why you got your coffee uh, uh, in, uh, in in a cup? You should put it in a Mickey. You you, you you get some Bailey's Irish cream. You put your coffee in there, and you you drink it out of the Mickey. What's a Mickey? It's like a flask, you know. Like you, you put it in your coat. You can hide it in your pocket, and the cops don't find you. Don't find it when they search you down when you try and get into the to the Guess Who concert. It's a Mickey. You, you put it in your Mickey. Okay. Um. Let's go to some other famous Canadians. Who Who else do you appreciate from Canada? Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Don Aykroyd. He's a good, good Canadian guy there, and uh, William Shatner. Heard him on your show. He's a he's a fine Canadian. The Kiefer Sutherland. I like that uh, Jack Bauer and uh, and the, uh, the, the the two four show. You mean twenty four, Gordy? Oh, okay. I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was two four. No, it's twenty four, like twenty four hours. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a two four, like a two four beer. Eh? Uh, no, 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 no. You're mistaken. Okay. Ah, oh, you know I like the Getty Lee. I like Triumph, Streetheart, Kickaxe, Helix. Like all those bands, Sebastian Bach, James Labrie, Chris Jericho, all the Canadian guys, Our Lady Peace, Theory of a Dead Man, a lot of cool bands uh, out there from Canada, always have been, Anvil, love Anvil, Gatto is a very good one too, lots of good Canadian bands, and Prism is, is amazing, Loverboy, love Loverboy, you play them on your, on your show there with the, with the Cowbelly, they're, they're a good rock and roll band, I've always been a fan of those, uh, uh, Brian Adams and Kim Mitchell and Aldo Nova, and there's just so many great bands I like, a tragically hit. I mean, I'm just going to listen all day long to some Canadian bands. I'm going to watch the Blues Brothers and then Wayne's World and Mike Myers. I'm going to watch Ace Ventura with Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. I'm going to watch the 2-4 show. I'm going to watch Star Trek. I'm going to see uh, some old uh, 1988 uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, hockey games. I'm going to watch some Pierre Trudeau footage, some Bobby Bittman from SCTV along with John Candy, Andrea Martin, uh, Eugene Levy. He's a good one. Rick Moranis, uh, Harold Ramis. Uh, so many great Canadians coming around the bend there. And then I'm going to go home there And I'm going to get another stonker to Pam Anderson So happy Canada Day Hey, I'm going to have uh, some rye And I'm going to go have a 2-4 And that's all i got to say about that It's a beauty And I'm really, uh, I'm really excited about it hey? So uh, I'll see you around there i got to go to the washroom right now I'm getting a little bit rattled There's a lot of snakes around here And there's a Chinook coming So I'm going to eat some poutine And hide out in my basement Okay, good day hey? Wow, that was... Uh... Quite the tirade. Well, I, I guess uh, goodbye to Gordy Canuck. He's hung up already, and 
Those Canadians sure get fired up. All right. Happy Canada Day. Happy July 4th. If you're still listening after that, Rob Halford is coming up next. Stick around. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This this is Talk is Jericho. All right, on the line with me right now. The metal god is here, Rob Halford. How you doing, Rob? Hey, Chris. Good to be with you again, buddy. What's going on? Oh, it's good to talk to you, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. It's been uh, been a, a long spell. You've been uh, jamming away with Fozzy. Got some good action going on with Lights Go Out. And Priest is uh, about running to unleash another metal monster with <laughs> Gamer <laughs> soul, so we're all busy, man. We're, we're all out there doing the doing the metal and you know charging ahead, having good times. You know, it's funny. It doesn't matter how long, you know, for me that I've been doing this in all aspects of being in show business, just to hear the fact that Rob Halford mentioned my band and our first single. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'll take that any day. Well, you know, I, I love my metal. I love all the bands that are having great uh, actions right now, and. Uh, you look at the charts, look at, look at what's happening in rock radio, there's some killer stuff um, taking place. So I like to keep in touch with what's going on, Chris, and um, it's a real exciting time for a lot of people in 2014. Yeah, well, you, you always have done that too, Rob. I mean, even throughout the years, I mean, a lot of guys kind of get in bands and, and get, you know, kind of don't listen to what's going on in the scene but you've always kind of kept your ear to the ground, even when you know you left Priest and you started Fight, or when you did Two. It was kind of the more industrial stuff, even to the point of appearing on the on the last Five Finger Death Punch record. Do you feel that's important to kind of keep an eye on what's going on with your peers and with the young bands to to keep uh, to keep Priest kind of fresh as well? Yeah, I think it is, Chris. I mean, um, I think it's really really valuable to. To have an open mind and to be aware of the of the, of the cool things that are going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, for me, it's just inspiring and it's exciting. You know, to jam with uh, Death Punch and, and and any of the other adventures that I've had. I love it, man. You know, it's um, it does my heart good, and um, and I, I think that. Yeah, I mean, even though Priest has been making metal for 40 years now, uh, we still understand that, you know, if you, if you push all that, that, that kind of um, opportunity away, um, it can be a, it can be a, you know, not so cool thing to do. You know, when I listen to music now, I listen to music every day of my life. I've, I've got rock radio on, always in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm checking out stuff on the internet. I, I, it, it gives me a buzz, and I get lots of ideas from listening to a lot of the cool things that are happening in today's world. So, mm. Yeah, I think that if you if you're able to to understand that everything has some kind of value, it's a good thing. 
Well, and 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 like you mentioned, fortieth anniversary of Judas Priest this year in two thousand and fourteen. Basically, you know the the pioneers of heavy metal, along with you know a few select other bands, and and you've seen them all come and you've seen them all go. Um, for when you started doing Redeemer of Souls, I mean, it's the first record that you've done in in, in quite a few years now since Nostradamus, which was uh, a concept record. What was the mindset for for Redeemer? To, you want to go back to that kind of classic pre-sound because uh, this is not another concept record. That was just a one-off for Nostradamus. Now it's back to the album format of of Priest. And and uh, when you're writing this record, what was your mindset? Well, I think it's always useful if you can put a little bit of time and distance between the record releases, only because you know if you get the opportunity, like Priest, to go out on the road and see all the fans and. Uh, you know, let, let our fans know that we love them to death and how important they are and how much they influence us. All of that, plus the fact that it, well, it was hard to spell. It was six years from Nostradamus to, to redeem your soul. But, of course, we did do that epitaph too, which took a, a couple of years. Right. Things, and uh, several other things that were going on. But, you know, now, now I'm able to kind of think all the stuff through. You know what it's like when you're on the road, Chris. You're going a million miles an hour getting good from every different direction. It's the best feeling in the world. But when you're actually able to kind of take some time down and, and decompress a little bit, that's when you start to make sense of stuff. Mm-hmm. So after the epitaph tour, um, we took a little bit of a break and then we, we reconvened over at Blend Studio in England. And we didn't really have to say much to one another. I mean, of course... Richie Faulkner had become totally embedded in the band by then. Right. And the, the, the attitude and, and the plan, if there was a plan, was, again, just to write metal strike from the heart and just to give, maybe re-establish, maybe re, re-secure some of the things that we love about being in Greece. And... It's like we didn't sit down and say, oh, okay, we're going to write a classic album. It's just turned out that way. It was a very natural um, writing session that moved into recording quite smoothly. It, it came together, I won't say effortlessly, because it, it's difficult to, you know, to, to sustain right. after 40 years. You can't just go in and bang a few notes together. <laughs> You've really got to try and you know, stay at that level of consistency as best you can. And I, and I think, again, with Richie's valuable contribution, we'll be able to pull it up. And, and I, I, I guess at the heart of it, Chris, it is, a, it is you know, it does have a lot of great classic elements of Chris. People go, oh, man, that's a little bit like pain to us, a little bit, a bit like saying class, I feel a bit of something to death, you know. And that, that's just a very natural occurrence, you know. It just it just seems to happen that way because that's, that's where our roots are. That's where it comes from, Chris. So, Redeemer of Souls touches on a lot of those those times through the band's career, uh, but in, in a twenty in a twenty fourteen uh, uh, presentation. Well, and you mentioned uh, Richie Faulkner, your new guitar player that took the place of KK Downey. This is the first record. I just realized this as you were talking. The first record ever, the priest, first priest record that KK Downey has never played on or contributed to. Was that a little bit different to be writing in a room with with Glenn and Richie rather than being in a room writing with Glenn and KK like you had so many albums before? Well, here's the deal. I would say ninety nine point nine nine percent of stuff that Priest has put together has been with. And I'm breaking this down as simple as possible. Two guitar players and a singer. 
Right. And I've always felt that that, that, that way of writing stuff has, has made us been, been, uh, been able to make us do this, the kind of things that we've done in our, in our style of metal. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like with your band, every Cosby? Now, I don't know how you guys write, but whether it's all together or whether it's just you and your guitar player or however. Yeah. It's that chemistry that makes the, the exciting things happen. And so it's always been that way for priests. Having said that, uh, and, and I must quickly emphasize this, KK will always be a pillar in the life of, you know, metal pillar in the roots in the life of priests. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's retired now. He's going to have to do his own thing. We, we, we wish him well. We, 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 we can't, we can't, uh, you know, ignore the fact that he is very, very important to um, to do this trip. Mm-hmm. But obviously, obviously, where we're at now, man, you know, we want to keep going. We 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 found this amazing guitar player, Richie Faulkner, after a long, 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 long search. And Richie brings into the writing mix exactly the same thing that Kate did, as far as style, the technique, the attitude, all of the components that make a strong writing team. It's still intact to priest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's the same, not quite the same, if you, <laughs> if you can get my meaning. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that thing of two guitar players and a singer is definitely part of what's made priest become what it is. Well, and, and, and to still to this day, and when you were talking about the Epitaph tour, which was kind of, uh, at first you guys were saying that this is kind of like the enti- uh, the final world tour. This is, uh, I don't know if people were kind of misinterpreting this, thinking it was kind of a retirement thing or whatever it was. What was it that it was supposed to be? Did you Was it the last world tour, or did you decide that maybe you were kind of overstepped in saying that? What's the status of, of the band now? Are you still continuing forward, or is this another final world tour? How did that work? Well, again, before Kaka retired, we, we were in that state of mind, you know. We were, we were seriously wondering where we were going to be able to go next. Mm-hmm. For, lots of different, for lots of different reasons that, that, that haven't, have not really been you know, thoroughly discussed. I don't know even when they will be, but the fact is at that time, that was the, 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 the genuine feeling of a, of a farewell tour was, was the way we were, we were going to go out. And then, of course, uh, with KK retiring literally weeks before that big world tour took off, mm-hmm. the dates had been booked, the venues had been booked, we got the crew ready, the flights booked, the hotel, we were all ready to go. And then suddenly... It was like the brakes went on. Hmm. So Richie came in to that so-called farewell tour at an extraordinary time. I often wonder how would, how would it have been if we'd have completed that world tour with the band intact. Right. And then things had changed. It, it, it's a really bit of a head job to try and contemplate it. But the fact of the matter is, with Richie standing on the stage night after night and that energy pouring out and the love coming back from the fans, man, you know, there's no way we can stop doing what we're doing. It, <laughs> it, it, it's part of what we live and breathe, heavy metal music, and I mean that in the, in the most sincere way. The, I, the fans, again, it's all about the fans, Chris. You know, it, yeah. when, when we finish that World Tour, you can't say that to you know, the mm-hmm. fans have given us this life. The fans have been the 
the ones that come to the show, get the record, get the T-shirt. They've given us this life. I know it's an exchange. We make the music, the fun, support it and everything. But we had such an, an incredible reaction and, and time with our fans that we said, no, this ain't the end, you know. We are going to reformat the way we tour a little bit, readjust it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we, we ain't quitting, you know. We're carrying on. Well, as you should, because like you said, Rob, I mean, I went and saw the Stones last year, and Mick is you know seventy or seventy one or whatever. Sang great, moved great. I mean, you're in the right business, rock and roll. You don't ever have to retire, quote unquote. You can just like you said, alter your tours. Do instead of three hundred gigs a year like you guys used to, just knock it down to eighty or whatever it is, and continue forward. I mean, because you still sound great. Have you ever had any issues with your voice? Um, over the years as you get older, considering that your voice is one of the most powerful in the history, not just of heavy metal, but of rock and roll. Is it still, um, I'm not going to say easy, but can you still hold that power without having to worry about taking a couple steps down as as, as the years go on? Yeah, I mean, you know, you listen to what I was doing on Sadrings of Destiny. There are some things that are, it's impossible for me to replicate. Mm-hmm. Just because, you, you know what it's like, Chris is a thing there. Um, your voice changes yes. as you really should go on through the, the journey of life. Yeah. But I'm happy to say that the, 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 the power and the sustain is still there. So I'm, I've had to adjust a little bit for Redeemer of Souls. Mm-hmm. But I think that the main components of what I do are still pretty much intact, thank the Lord, you know. Right. So um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I haven't been out for two or three years, and we're getting ready to kick off this tour, as you know, in October, in the States. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. But before that, we're going to have quite an extensive rehearsal period. And, and I, I don't know what it's like for you, Chris, but I find that after I've done maybe, a, you know, four or five days a week's worth of singing, my, my vocal muscles, my, my voice just tend to find a spot. And, you know, I get a comfort level. Yes. I know how I'm going to hit those notes. I know how my phrasing is going to be. I know how I'm going to have to breathe, all that kind of thing. It's practice, isn't it, Chris? The thing is you practice, practice, practice. You find your way to where you need to get to. And so, um, yeah, you know, some some days I got to be frustrated because I really wish I could do those things from the past. But, you know, that's life. And uh, I know it, the fans know it. And I think that, as long as you can go out on stage and give a thousand percent, no matter what you look like, if you can, you know, you can bang those turns out and and make make exciting things happen, give people a great night out. That's all that matters. Well, and like you said too, I mean, uh, your voice is a muscle, and when you don't use that muscle for a while. It has a tendency to get out of shape, but when you get on the road and start practicing and singing every night, like you said, doing a two-hour set, it's amazing how how different your voice responds. But is there certain songs like what's what's the hardest song in the set for you to sing uh, to this day? Like, there's a couple songs in my set where I'm like, okay, here it comes, here comes the monster, and you know, like, okay, if you can, if I can nail this one, it's going to be a great gig. Or if it's going to be a so-so rendition, it's going to be a tough gig. Is there a song in the set like that for you that you that you know, okay, I'm going to kill this one, it's great, or it's going to be an issue tonight? Well, here's the deal. When I do Painkiller, that's pretty easy for me. And, and I'm not wow. saying that's like, you know, like it's like it's a, big, no, but yet. A, big, a big issue. I, 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 it's just a technique. I used to sing that song 
and, and I can pretty much get the get the delivery right. Yeah. Because it, it, it's essentially in one tone, one kind of octave, and, and one one kind of yeah, sure. performance. When I'm doing something like Victim of Changes, which has some fierce stuff, some, some more mellow stuff, yeah. and then some of the high stuff, those are the nights where you think, oh, please, God, let me before you even get there, you know, go, oh, man, I have to you know. And it, again, again, it really is a head job. You can psych yourself out, you know? Yeah. But so those, those are sometimes the difficult ones. But the thing is, you know, when you've got a, when you've got a set uh, and you're going out to play tour, there are certain songs you've got to play. You've got to do Breaking the Law. You've got to do Living After Midnight. You've got to do another thing coming. You know, there are certain states yes. to your career, your success, that your fans demand and they're entitled to hear. Fortunately, most of that stuff for me is a thing that is, is, is doable. But some of the stuff that we call out, maybe that we haven't done for a long time, like we're, we're going to start rehearsing soon and we've got a great list of tunes, some of which, again, we haven't played for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. and some of which we may not have performed live ever. So it'll be interesting to see how those work out, you know. But I think that the thing is, uh, you've got to try these things. You don't, don't cut yourself any slack, you know. Don't say, don't listen to it too, and I'm here. You know, you have fun with it. Man, I can't do that. Just try it. Try to do it. And you may have to make a little bit of an, of an adjustment here and there. Yeah. But if it's still sounding good and it's convincing and, it, and it's, you know, connecting, then go for it. But it's, um, man, you know what it's like, Chris, but, you know, you wake up one day and your throat's really sore or, you know, you've got a bit of a head cold. Yes. You know, that's going to affect performance. It's a struggle, but, you know, hey, man, it's rock and roll. You, you know, that's what I love about it. If you didn't have that human element, you know, where some days your performance isn't like the other days, that's what makes us real. It's, it's yeah. supposed to be like that, and yeah. the fans know it. Exactly. You said, yeah, that's rock and roll, man. You go out there, you put on a show, you work the crowd. If you hit a couple of clams, it's all right, man. It's, it's not a big deal. We're talking to Rob Halford. We've got more coming up right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. On the line with me right now, Rob Halford. It was funny that we were just on, on tour and I, I brought out the Live Aid DVD, uh, the, the the full show from from the Live Aid 1985, where of course Judas Priest played, and you guys did Green Man Alishi, and you're you know you're walking around, you're chewing gum. It's like you guys are just killing it. And then of course here comes the screams at the end, and everybody gets quiet. Is he going to do it? And you just nailed it, like effortlessly nailed these crazy high screams at the end of that song, which was so cool to see. And also, you guys were one of the only metal bands on that day. What, what do you remember about Live Aid? Like, how, how was that show for you guys? Well, well firstly, I take reference to um, the Bob uh, Geldof, yeah. the Spoontown Rat, that put that wonderful 
event together to do some good. Yeah. You know, I always feel music is just some good anyway, regardless of where it's coming from, whether it's a charity group or otherwise. Music is a healer. Music makes people feel great. Music does good things in life. Mm-hmm. And said that, you know, it was a crazy day. It was just amazing to be in the company of such an extraordinary array of talent. There was, it was Priest and Sabbath. I love that idea that on that day in JFK Stadium in Philadelphia all those years ago, the metal performers were Priest and Sabbath. And yeah. how cool is that that, you know, they were there then and, and both fans are still being now in 2014 doing, <laughs> doing good stuff. But, uh, you know, I think we had like 20 minutes to play, 15 minutes to play. It was in the middle of the afternoon. It was boiling hot. Yeah. I remember walking out and the sun was really intense, but the crowd was buzzing. It was just a really cool festival atmosphere. You know, all these amazing people were there. Like, I got to meet one of my old time heroes, Jack Nicholson. Oh, wow. We party together. I, you know, to, I mean, I get starstruck like everybody, and, and to have to be hanging out with him and such a cool guy. That was a real highlight for me. And then. Um, just one more thing about that. Sure. That was the day we met Sean Baez. Oh. Um, now, outside my trailer, and I see Joan Baez walking towards me. I think, oh, damn, you know, she's heard our version of Diamonds and Rust, and she's, you know, she's pissed. But she, she wasn't. She came and she said, Rob, I said, hi, Joan. I said, everything cool? She said, yeah. She said, I just wanted to say, my son just played me that rendition that we did of my song, Diamonds in Rust. And I just want to say thank you. You did a really, really cool interpretation of it. I thought, how sweet was that? This icon, this legend (laughs) in her style of music. It would be so sweet to do something like that. That was just the vibe of that day. Mm -hmm. You know, professionals will always give each other props and and, and support each other. And that's what she did. So that that live day was just a, a great, great, yeah, and it's it's fun to watch it back because, like you said, it's a veritable list of rock and roll hall of famers of who's there, both in Philly and also over in, in London too. And you mentioned, and this just popped in my head too, uh, that you guys played along with Sabbath. You guys were like the two representatives of heavy metal, of course, both bands being from Birmingham, and also you are the one guy that sang. In both basic famous lineups of Sabbath, you, you sang for the Dio version, and then you sang for the Aussie version. How much time did you have to to rehearse uh, on the Dio? I, I, what was the story behind that, Rob? About how you ended up subbing for Ronnie James Dio with Black Sabbath on an Aussie show? Well, I'll try and I'll try and look back into my uh, metal memory bank as best I can. Chris, <laughs> I was in. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 40 years of it in my head. I, 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 as I recall, I was at my place in Phoenix. I still got a place in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I get a call, and uh, somebody says, uh, Tony wants to speak to you. And I said, okay, you know, you just set it up, and I'll speak. So from the discussion, um, there was a little bit of stuff going down between Ozzy and Ronnie at the time. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie wanted to step to the side. Uh, for that customer, that's two customized shows. So 
I was I was like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh my god, you know, I'm gonna sing this Sabbath. This is like crazy. Because <laughs> two of my two of my biggest bands, Priest and Sabbath, Priest and Sabbath. So um, the guys were on tour. They came through Phoenix. We rented a tiny little studio uh, in Phoenix, and um, prior to that, me and Tony had, had, had talked about the set list. We also he said, and this is what I love about Charlie. He said, are there any, any Sabbath songs you want to do? I said, you're asking me. What's going on? He goes, no, you know, I don't know. Sabbath songs. So we actually did a couple of songs out of my, you know, love of the Sabbath tunes. Yeah. Here's what went down. I did my usual thing. I put the headphones on, was walking around my house, screaming my head off, singing all of these Sabbath songs, learning them, you know, figuring out how to sing them, and that's called. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the day came along where we went to this little studio in Phoenix. We ran through everything once, just once. And then the next day, we had the show. We got on the bus, and the next day, we had the show in, in Costa Mesa. And that's how, that's how we came together. So you had... And a- uh, if, it was, if it wasn't for this one guy who had a pretty high-end uh, video camera <laughs> in the audience, I wouldn't have that precious bootleg that I've got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still got that in my. I still got a. I got his bootleg collection, and you can see the performance, you know, from my back up in the in the bleachers. It, uh, <laughs> it's so amazing. What, a, what an amazing thing that was! And 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 then quickly just to follow it up. When sure. Chris were out with Sabbath on the Ozfest. Um, we were doing the doing the show in Camden, in Jersey. I got a call in my hotel from Sharon, and she said, oh, "I was not feeling too good. Can you step in?" And I said, "When do you want me to do it?" She goes, "Tonight." I'm like, "What tonight? <laughs> Give me a break. You know, you want me to do it now? Oh, you could do it, Robert. You know, Aussie songs. You know, Sabbath songs. I go, okay. Send me a tape of last night's show. So they sent it to me. I got on my bus, went in the back room, put the DVD on, and again just sang along with it. For the gigs, did the presets, had a quick shower, went out and did the Sabbath show, and, and that was that. But it's like we say, Chris, you know, that's what we do for each other. You know, we yeah. get into the and we, we help out what we need to. But those are two extraordinary things for me, and I, I'm just so grateful uh, that I uh, that I had the opportunity. And I thought it was very gracious that I was totally very humble that, 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 um, that they asked me to come and do the gig. Really, really good making memories. Well, you're the one guy that could that could fill in, and, be cl- and also because you're both from Birmingham, you can understand each other's accents. So that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> when me and I'll be talking to each other, people on the outside go, "What the hell are they talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Hey, listen, Rob, I have to ask you this. Um, when I came into the WWE, there was a guy who mentored me. His name is Pat Patterson. He was a wrestler from the 60s and 70s. Smartest man I ever met in, in the business. Taught me everything I knew. And he is he's gay. He's a gay guy. And he told me back in the days he had to kind of hide the fact that he was gay in the 60s and 70s and early 80s because wrestling was a very macho society, as you can remember. How was it for you in the 80s to ha- kind of have to... I guess hide that in the in the world of heavy metal. The fact that you that you were a, a gay a gay man was that kind of tough. Um, was it hard on you as as a person? Um, how did you deal with that back in those days? Well, exactly the same thing as your friend did. You do you hide, you know? Because yeah. When you're doing something that you love, you do everything that you need to to protect it. And 
I love my band so much, I would never have ever put the band in a position that I felt would have created any difficulties or problems. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what, that's what I was doing then. And of course, life is a little bit different for people like me now. It's still not the best because we're still, we're still searching and, and demanding equality. Mm -hmm. I could talk forever on that subject, but I'm just trying to be concise. Um, what I've discovered, Chris, is that, you know, life is a gift, life is precious. You should live your life on your own terms. Live it. If you can't live it for yourself, if you can't find peace in your own life, uh, and if you're living it for other people or other situations, that's not the right way to go. I, I, I know that now. Mm -hmm. I know that now. And I didn't know that at the time that, for example, in the 80s when priests was just ruling in America, you just make these adjustments. And let me just quickly follow that up with saying that some of my self-imposed type of um, secret life was to a great extent now, I think, it, was, it wasn't necessary. Because mm -hmm. I felt all these people would hate me, my fans would hate me, my family would hate me, my friends would hate me, everybody would push me away. Nothing like that happened at all. When I made the announcement, you know, the, 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 uh, the feedback was unbelievable. I just had this incredible outpouring of love and support, and that made me feel great. It made me feel great. And so now I would encourage everybody, it doesn't matter what generation you are, but particularly for younger kids, they might be listening to me and you're talking, Chris, you know, mm -hmm. just don't worry about it, man. Just go out there and live your life and, and, and you'll find it. You'll find it. You'll, you'll really set yourself free. You'll really feel better about yourself. You'll become a stronger person. All of that. True love is unconditional love. Unconditional love means you'll accept people for whatever, whatever they are, whatever religion you are, orientation, you know, fat, thin, black, white. It don't matter. It just—it's rubbish, you know. At the heart of it all, of it all is our heart. You know, we all bleed red blood. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and um, and so it's a wonderful thing that's happened to me from my fans, and I can't thank them enough for accepting it. And I think, again, it destroys this myth that metalheads are, are, are bigoted and, and, and not tolerant and not smart. That's rubbish. Yes. Metalheads are very, very cool, articulate, smart, intelligent people, or we always have been. So, you know, for all the gay metalheads out there, you know, live it, love it, just be yourself and, and have good times. Yeah, because it really doesn't make a difference. It never did. But I mean, back in the '80s, like you said, it was weird how how times were then. And now, like you could, it doesn't even really. No one even would even bat an eye. I, I would think. But the fact, like you said, the way things were back in those days, it was just. I mean, the world has changed for the better because it was kind of a real. I mean, if you, you know, back in those days, metal was 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 studs and leather, and that, a lot of that was because of priests. But also, you know, you got to be macho and you got to be heavy, and that's it. Now you just like what you like and do what you want to do, and it's it's a much better society for that, I would think. It is. I couldn't agree more with you, Chris. Like I said, though, there there are still some struggles for acceptance that we're we're trying to to achieve, and uh, particularly in this country, I love America so much. I, I can't I can't stress that enough. America still is a beacon of hope and light for for a lot of people around the world, you know. Mm -hmm. And there are there are standards in America that 
you know, the part of the world looks like. So, wonderful things are happening, still a long way to go. But yeah, you know, it really saddens me that, you know, I can't go on a stage in Russia. And, I mean, I can go on a stage in Russia, and I can just be, be who I am. And that, to me, is, is, is a statement in itself. Mm-hmm. If I was to say, hey, I'd like to give a shout out to all my game athletes tonight, they would arrest me. Really? It's stupid. It's crazy. To this day, so, they'd still arrest you. Yeah, you know, oh. and, and there's other parts of the world where horrible things happen to people like me. It's just terrible. But, um, but God bless America for, for, you know, stepping forward and, and, and pushing and, and slowly, you know, bringing it all together into the right perspective and balance. Right. Well, I mean, like you said, you've got a legion of fans behind you, always had, always will. Yeah. Uh, Re- Redeemer of Souls yeah. is coming out July 8th. You're about ready to go on tour. How in the hell do you put together a set list at this stage of the game, Rob, without doing a, a three-and-a-half-hour set? Well, uh, we're going to condense this little bit now, Chris. We just had a, a, a great trip to New York recently, and I'll be coming to New York again for the release week. We were we were in Brooklyn doing some uh, promotion at the, at the studio and doing photo shoots. And while we were there, we we sat down together for an hour and put together a list. And it was ridiculous. <laughs> we've been on stage for a week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to play? I want to play this. Is a Scott. What do you want to play? I want to play the Glenn Measure. We had like a hundred tunes, and oh my god, it's always a it, it's so crazy. You know, trying to trying to put it concise. <laughs> list together, but I think that you know the main components of what people love about Preach will be in this set list. Obviously, we're going to play some new stuff from the Dinner of Souls. Uh, it's also the 30th anniversary, depending on the state. Wow! You know, we go. It's man, man. And every year we have a, a record in a you know in, in the history <laughs> yeah. of the band. 15. Hitting the 30th, it's the 35th, it's the 40th, you know. It's the 40th anniversary of Rock and Roller, and it's the 30th anniversary of um, um, Defenders of the Bike. Yeah. So, we, we, you know, it's certainly more and more difficult as you go on, but I think long now, I think we'll get some good turns and, and just give everybody, uh, you know, a great selection that we find there. Have you ever done uh, an album in its entirety? Have you ever gone that route at all? Yeah, we did the British Steel album. Okay. We only did it in America for whatever reason. And we did the British Steel tour. We played the whole record from back. It felt amazing. It felt really, really good. And I, I think that, you know, there's no reason why you can't do that again and again. But at a pre show, like I say, there are certain tunes that are really important and that the fans want to hear. Mm-hmm. So, um,. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the set list is going to be. You, you know, for a fact that when we play our first show, whenever that's going to be in October, within minutes, the set list will be on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably all know what we're doing, you know. <laughs> within a minute, the set list will be on the internet, and within a minute after that, people will be complaining about songs that you're not including in the set. Oh, man, you can't wait. <laughs> you can't wait. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, because you have so many great songs, and some of them are kind of ones that... Like when Metallica started doing Rapid Fire, you forget how heavy of a tune that is. I saw you sing that with them uh, at the Golden Gods, which was amazing. What what a night that was! And you actually had a cane. W- w- did you have some kind of an injury at that point in time? I didn't get a chance to ask you. You had to have a cane when you were on stage that night. Do you remember? Yeah, I, I, I got through. That was a really really difficult day. 
for me. Um, I, I didn't really say much about it, but I mean, literally within days afterwards, I was back in England having a having a major back operation. Oh wow! Okay. Back surgery. But you know, you know, I, I wanted to do that gig. Uh, it was for Death Punch. All the guys are great. I mean, if you know, if you know those guys personally, like I do, they're absolutely wonderful people. Wanted to do that. And, of course, as soon as I set foot in the building in the last year, I said, I'm there. He said, oh, come on, Robbie, don't worry. Oh, okay. So we, we, we ran through rapid fire in their little room, what we always do, and, and we banged it out. Um, but, yeah, I had to go back to the UK and have uh, have something taken there. I mean, it's the same with you, Chris. When when you go in there, some days you've got an injury, but you just you just got to go in and fight. That's right. Through. You know, you have to do your show and then see the doctors or whomever afterwards. And uh, that's how it turned out to be. And I'm good now. My surgeon is just a miracle man. Um, he told me it would be about a year before I was fully fit, and it's been about a year now. I feel good now. I feel strong. Great. We're blessed to have such talented people looking after us, health wise. So I'm doing it. But thanks, Russ. Yeah, this is No, I was not laughing in a bad way, but you were, like I said, you're on a cane and you go on stage and just screaming like the best vocal performance. I was like, man, this guy's too much. He really is a metal machine. There's no doubt about it. A heavy metal machine. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, you, you, know, you, just, you just, you know, grip your teeth and, and get in there and be metal. Get it done, man. Hey, last couple yeah. questions. Last couple questions, Rob. When you guys play live, what songs still get the get the crazy reactions from your fans? I'm breaking a little, you know. I mean, it's got to the point now where I don't even sing it. I just put in the market the crowd and say, "Get on with it," you know. <laughs> what, what a great, what a, gr- a break. What a great <laughs> feeling, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like a three and a half minute break. But um, I would say that one, a Green Man Lucy, obviously, victim of changes. They're all good, you know. You, you, you probably you probably experience the same vibes with with, with your band. Your fans your fans kind of gravitate more to certain songs yes. than other songs. I don't know why that happens. It just happens. No. Well, I, I remember. But it's very cool. I remember uh, that you guys had a, a record a few years ago, a CD, where everybody, uh, other kind of guys in bands, had to choose their favorite pre-song. I remember Hetfield took Victim of Changes, and I think Slash picked Screaming for Vengeance. The one that I chose was The Sentinel. That was always my favorite one, for whatever reason. I don't know why. I, just, I love how you pronounced Saint-Tenal. I just love that. A Saint-Tenal. The Saint-Tenal! It's like how to go... It's like when I go heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to really bring on that heavy metal. <laughs> 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 my, my Birmingham accent. But, um, that was a cool song. I think you chose. It was, it was a great moment, that singles festival, uh, um, uh, The Chosen Few. We have a lot of wonderful friends in the music business. We've known each other forever, and, and we're always kind of looking out for each other as far as what we're doing, how we're doing. It's a good, it's a good thing, isn't it? It's, it's a great support system, and we're all living the life, aren't we? You know, it doesn't matter whether you're on stage in front of three hundred thousand people or, or three hundred people or thirty people. You're living the same life. We're all getting the same vibe going down. You know, that's right. Best thing in the world. But uh, that was a good choice, uh, Chris, and that's a great song to play. I really, a lot of drama. You know, a lot of. Uh, 
sort of like dynamics and that's really, really good, good vibes come from it. It's great solos and just the breakdown of it was amazing. For me, it was always kind of the epitome of, of Priest. Uh, last question, yeah. Re- Redeemer of Souls notwithstanding, because every band always says, you know, like this is your best work and you should think so, and, I, and I'm sure you feel that way. But other than Redeemer of Souls, What's your favorite priest album? If you had to choose one, that just every time you hear it, just really comes together for you. Uh, well, I, I'd still, I'd still point back all the way back to "Covering the Destiny." Wow. The reason I do that is because if you really listen to it, if you know your metal, if you know your priest, a lot of the components of "Covering the Destiny" have lived with its band all the way through to within themselves, and also I'll say this that. When you're a new band, your music at that point is very pure. It's unfluttered. It's unfiltered. Yeah. There, are, there aren't any ex, there aren't any extraneous people. There's not managers saying try this. There's not labels saying try this. Mm-hmm. No, you're doing it from a very pure place. So there's something very magical about that, that record. So out of all the hundreds of tunes that we've done, um. If you want to get a, if you want to get a handle on what Priest is about as a, as a band, listen to um, something to get to Well, Rob, thank thank you so much for doing this today, man. Redeemer of Souls, I'm super excited to hear it. July 8th, uh, a new record. Priest is back. You're back. Always a perfect gentleman, and, and and so thank you so much for doing this with me today, Rob. Hey, Chris, you're you're a fellow metal brother, and it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Good luck with Friday. Uh, I hope we'll, I hope we'll maybe get get a chance to jam it, you know, together on the stage of the festival sometime this year. Um, good luck with everything, man, and uh, I wish you well. Thanks, Rob. Talk to you soon, my friend. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah, we definitely will. See you, Chris. Bye-bye. We just want to remind you about the special Talk is Jericho episode on YouTube only. Daniel House, uh, a big Fozzie fan, flew from Tasmania to Melbourne last year to come see our show. He was told that he had only weeks to live with a inoperable, incurable bowel cancer. Now he's still with us, still fighting every day, enjoying his life, appreciating his life. He's got a great little girl. He's got a great girlfriend, great family. Uh, it, it started out that he was a Jericho-holic. Now we are all houseaholics. Google YouTube podcast one sports and take a listen to the amazing Daniel House. It's that easy. Go to Google, type in YouTube podcast one sports. It'll take you right to it. Support Daniel. Listen to his story. You won't take life for granted. I know I learned a lot from him and you will too. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Rob Halford. Thanks to Daniel House. Thanks to you for checking out my show. I know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts for you to schwaz from, and I appreciate you schwazing mine. And thanks for using my Amazon link every time you do your online shopping. Really easy to find. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page, and click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links, USA, UK, and Amazon Canada, A on Canada Day. Maybe Gordy Canuck will go check it out. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No hidden fees, no extra charges. You're just getting your shopping done and helping me out in the process, and you know I appreciate it. New Fozzie record coming out July 22nd. Do you want to start a war? If you pre-order it now, take a screenshot of the pre-order and send it to at Fozzie Rock on the Twitter, and we will follow you. And you can also uh, hear Lights Go Out now, and you can hear One Crazed Anarchist, which I'm going to play for you right now from the new Fozzie record. Do you want to start a war to finish up Talk is Jericho today? Here it is. Crank it up.
One crazed anarchist. If you like it, hit us up on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho or at Fozzy Rock and let us know your thoughts. So we'll see you next week. I thank you so much for rocking with me as always. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Talk is Jericho. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. See you next week and a big year, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 